0: This is The Comedy Kiosk, podcast by Monday and Munoz. Please welcome Monday and Munoz. Hello and welcome to The Comedy Kiosk, a podcast in which we discuss news, opinions and ideas about comedy. My name is Igor Monday. And I'm David Munoz. And today I will be kind of interviewing David actually because we will mostly be discussing his... Uh, maybe not first, but his kind of first real hour of uh, all of the jokes he's uh, come up with during the last eight years of performing, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, his uh, farewell show, his last and final show in Russia before moving out to Spain. So, sort of. Uh, yeah. Sort, sort of. Sort of. Are you, are sort you doing of. Well, any because, more shows? Yeah. Well, no. See, the thing.
1: This is why I didn't call it a final show. Uh, I said last show in Russia, but technically because the reason why I didn't say like the actual name of it wasn't like the last show or the farewell show or anything like that, because as I'm married to a Russian, there's a very good chance that I'm going to come back here on some you know holiday to visit. Like, for example, the mother-in-law and the, the brother-in-law, you know, we could come back here, uh, things like that. So there, there is a good chance that I may visit maybe like in two years or, or, or three years or hopefully when things are a bit how to put it uh calmer maybe when maybe certain issues have lost its not lost its have been resolved maybe uh hopefully uh and then you know maybe
0: it might be a little bit you know chiller cooler to come visit anyway i like i like how diplomatic you're trying to be considering <laughs> you are still there and that's a very yes. wise thing to do uh but although also think that if you
1: although by the time this gets broadcast i won't be so you know At the same time, I do kind of feel like saying fuck it all and just saying, well, when the shit is stopped hitting the fan and these people get their fucking shit sorted, that'd be great.
0: Could visit again. Yeah, but you know, broadcast is one thing, but you still need to leave that country. Yeah, that is true. So at this point, that's why I called it The Greatest Hits Volume
1: 1 because when I come back I could do a greatest hits volume 2 so the stuff I didn't get to do I can re I can do the rest of it uh, also at the same time if there's new newer bits that you know I can perform whatever so that's why I called it David Muñoz greatest hits volume 1 sort of like a an album that a, a band would release sort of thing cuz that's what it kind of felt like I was just going through the greatest hits uh, that I've collected over the last 8 years not all of them but some of them volume 1
0: yep and Maybe then let's chat a bit about the lead up to this. Mm -hmm. So, both uh, from kind of the 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 history of your, you know, like stand up and, and how it all came together, all this material, mm. uh, over the course of how many years was it written, where it was performed up until now, and everything, because and we mentioned this several times over like previous like fifty episodes or whatever we do we do have at this point. Yeah. Uh, but maybe someone is just tuning in and they're not so familiar with your kind of whole history of like from yeah. from your first open mic up until your first the greatest hits volume one show so maybe in just a few minutes in a few sentences you know like give us a breakdown of some most important milestones during that journey how it all came to be okay
1: okay all right so first oh first show was not an open mic as as you're aware it was a it was an actual gig for a magazine and uh, a magazine launch for because they did it every month they had like a variety show bands poets jugglers anything and everything you know it was just like for that night there'd be probably like you know five performances whatever i was one of them so my first gig of stand up was Basically, meeting a guy who's uh, at at a dinner party. Basically, a guy who thought I was hilarious and told amazing stories, and very much invited me. And then I got given thirty minutes, so that was my introduction. And, and I had two weeks was, to prepare. This was
0: back back in Australia, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. So then I and did. What it, was
0: the year? That oh
1: shite! Two good question. I think two thousand and ten,
0: maybe. Two thousand and ten. So thirteen years ago, nice. something like that, maybe. Yeah.
1: Yeah, God. I I knew it. I knew it the other day because I actually still have the email and I remember I found it and it still had my my comedy bit because I had written it out and I think I'd sent it or something. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I actually have the original bit somewhere saved. uh, Has anything
0: from that set made it to your greatest hits? No, not anything. Not a thing. Not a
1: thing. Makes sense. Actually, I wouldn't mind kind of going through it again. Actually, I wouldn't mind sending it to you and seeing what you think about it. Sure. Uh, You probably, I, I know the first thing you'd say. There's no punchlines. Yep, pretty much. But, you know, it's the first time. But still, I think you might appreciate the ideas and you might be like, all right, I could actually see some potential here, but like obviously needs a lot of workshopping.
0: I actually found some notes I I made way before I ever started doing stand-up because Mm. for a long time before I started doing stand-up, I had an idea of I would like to try doing stand-up. And then sometimes I would come up with some, you know what would be funny? It would be funny to talk about that thing, you know, and I would kind of write it down somewhere. And recently, like a month ago or something, I was back home and I went through like an old hard drive and I found some notes that I made back then. And that's kind of, I don't know, same 2010 11 13 Mm. something like that before i started in 2014 actually doing stand-up and a lot of that stuff is very different than comedy i do now because once you get into stand-up you kind of know what works and what doesn't Mm -hmm. and you feel too comfortable doing things that you're not sure will work uh so you kind of go with the oh, guess what I noticed in the metro yesterday yes. and this kind of stuff, you know. But a lot of ideas and concepts I had back then were stuff that I would like to do now. Again, after 10 years of performing, yeah. I would like to now do that kind of stuff. It's just, you know, kind of, oh, what is the difference between, yep. I don't know, politics and medicine? Well, you know, just simple kind so, of are you, comedy. Are you, but-
1: are you saying that you were more avant-garde then or now?
0: Yeah. Um, I was more, I think, because then I didn't really understand how it works and what would and what wouldn't get laughs. I was ready to kind of risk it all and go for something that it might kill or it might bomb. Well, now I'll look for that kind of safe middle, you know, and I'll go with something that I know will get laughs, even though it's not comedy gold, it's just entertaining. But back then I was like, uh, you know... I didn't know how it all works. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, this is funny to me. I was yeah. writing stuff that's funny to me. Yeah. now I'm writing stuff that I think will be funny to others.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, maybe that's something you can look into for future. You can be like, all right, I'm going to do a set, a whole bunch of stuff, all based on on that. And then let's see how it goes. Like, as you don't know, you might find a new voice, something that's not being done in a way, you know. Maybe that person had, had, uh, had more, um, well, had less fear in a way, you know, had more, chutzpah or, you call it. or balls whatever
0: you know <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely yeah. so okay so he did the 30 minute yep. uh, set at the exact kind of local variety show and then yeah. after that yeah. if i remember correctly there was a pause of like three four years before something like that, that yeah Bef- before i found pretty much again. you
1: guys in moscow like i had given up the idea of ever doing stand-up again i've explained there were like some opportunities that i screwed up but anyway i ended up in moscow I was looking through Facebook expat events, you know, and this thing popped up. And at the time I was dating this girl and I suggested it as like a date night thing for us to check out. But also it was for me to check out what the scene was like. And I, I, you know, I was expecting it to be kind of very bad. And so I went and uh, I mean, yeah, you could tell it was a bunch of guys who were just starting But I did like it and I did like they were like, you know, trying weird things, interesting things uh, at the beginning. And I remember we walked away from it and, you know, she had her favorite. I had my favorite and, you know, uh, of the night. But I met the guys. I met some of them. You went there that night, but it was uh, a couple of others. And I I think it was uh, Foreman, Yavitz and maybe Dennis Nikolai, I think it was at the end. I think it was the three of them that I talked to that night. And there were some other comedians there, one or two others. And they were, they they said, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, join us, join us, you know, come blah, blah, this and that. I think it was a few weeks later that I ended up, or maybe a month later, I ended up going to Jim and Jack's. And then I started doing open mics there. But the difference being in the beginning, I would only do open mics maybe once a month or once every couple of months. When I was inspired, I never repeated the same set. I always did something new every time I came. Um, and I didn't get up and and repeat I had like a story and then it was like okay that one's done now next story or next thing okay did that one okay that's done so I probably did it I don't know four to six times before I went to Spain Uh, I left I think I did it about six times or so and then a year I didn't do anything in Spain and when I came back that's kind of the deal that I had with my my then girlfriend it's a different girl she the deal I made about coming back to Russia was like right but this time I want to come, I want to go do stand up every weekend like I want to make take a serious hit at it That was kind of the the thing like I wanted to do regular and I wanted to do bits again and again and sharpen them and and all the rest and I said that's part of the deal of me coming back like I was like because we just started dating and I didn't know what her reaction would be I was like, look I just don't want anyone to tell me you can't do that you're not spending enough time with me like that sort of thing because the previous one had occasion not exactly done that but it was kind of implied if you know what I mean like that whole like oh do we have to go I don't like the people that I don't want to do that you know it's like oh it's boring and I'm like but I want to do it and then you end up not doing it because the person's like nah. so I was like you know I don't care you can stay home you don't have to come but I'm going uh, turns out she actually ended up really liking comedy as well and getting into it, and, and pretty much is one of my best critics. <laughs> um, so, and will really help me out. Best, um, best
0: critics. That's that's good. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I remember seeing you. Because I don't think I uh, we met maybe the first time you did shows with us, but like second, third, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where I was at that point, uh, or but I remember first time seeing you, I wasn't performing because usually, and those those shows I would host a lot, or I was performing, but then at least once a month I would just sit in the audience, not perform, not host, not anything, uh, just to see the acts and to see how it looks. From an audience member point of view, yeah. And I remember seeing you like that, and I was in the front. I was sitting in the front row, and you were doing your bit about your girlfriend ta- girlfriend taking you to buy skinny jeans. Oh yeah. Uh, and there was something with towels as well, like showering mm-hmm. and and yeah. drying with a towel after a shower, yeah. something like that. I don't yeah. remember much, but I remember I was in the front row for that, like I don't know, half a meter away from your crotch, <laughs> and you very kind of you know very vividly gesticulate all those motions and everything as you usually do yeah and i was like uh this guy's fun like i remember that yeah. was my first kind of this guy's fun yeah because a lot of us would to that point just kind of hide behind the mic stand yeah and then just like stand there tell jokes mm-hmm. like people didn't have a lot of stage presence or confidence even to do that mm-hmm. to you know kind of to act something out to you know to to be themselves on stage to be like creative to be like physical yeah and all of that and i remember thinking like this guy's fun yeah that was my first kind of and that's that's a compliment because for a lot of people that perform on that stage my first thought was like this guy's a cunt <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah.
1: what a boring motherfucker
0: <laughs> yeah or that or yeah. like this guy's shit or this girl uh but yeah. yeah and uh and yeah so i guess that time when you returned you kind of started and you haven't stopped since then yeah in the meantime you also added spanish like a year ago mm-hmm. year and a half ago yeah when we launched uh well uh, sergio launched in our club the spanish uh, spanish nights yeah at least uh, once a week i think it was in the beginning yeah so you got involved in that and yeah. uh yeah yeah I so guess you've been doing
1: yeah it's ebb and flowed you know sometimes especially with my last job it really kind of ebbed quite a bit but you know i've tried to keep it at least you know at least once a month sort of stuff. Uh, sometimes I can get it up to two, three times, you know, with work and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, it's and flowed, but it's it's been kind of, you know, pretty consistent. I've stayed within the scene. I've been doing stuff and I haven't let it go sort of stuff. I'm still doing it. And yeah, so and at the end, um, I would say, yeah, I, I decided that when I was leaving, because, you know, yourself, Oleg, everyone was doing this, you know, before you leave, you do this farewell show. I knew it wasn't farewelling, a hundred percent, but I wanted to do a greatest hits and especially bits that um, I wanted to kind of not retire but sort of semi retire the Russian bits. The bits that only really work in Russia or in Slavic countries, things like that, that outside I it's probably I'll either have to rework the, the jokes completely to make them work or I will just have to construct new ones or just let them go, you know, just pretty much like, right, this takes too long to explain and set up to finally get to the funny part. Like, screw that. Like, I just won't use it. Yeah. I'm sure I can come up with similar stuff based on Spanish food, maybe. But, you know, right now, Russian food is just akroshka. How the hell? Khaladietz, kvas, kefir. I mean, some of them now, kefir apparently is becoming a thing in Western Europe. Like, it's become the new, you know, uh, fucking Yakult stomach digestive Milk product. But other than that, it's like kvass. What the hell is kvass? Khaledietz. Uh, I can try to explain it. And I think the explanation would be funny. But honestly, I would need a projector. There is no way I can do those jokes without a projector to show different. And then it becomes more like a TED Talk in a way. Maybe a very funny TED Talk, but it will require props.
0: Yeah, I mean, in general, I would consider those bits... Uh, and i consider my bits that are kind of very closely tied to life in moscow in russia all those kind of things uh cultural things language food this kind of stuff uh locations like oh this metro station that city and so on like all those references don't mean jack once you leave uh Mm. the country but uh i still can't say that i've I, i i consider them like 80% retired Mm. because I think in some places now there is like regular like Russian stand-up in Belgrade, in Barcelona, in Istanbul, in Berlin, in Tel Aviv and I'm sure that English stand-up is also... uh, Attended by large groups of kind of Eastern Europeans and not only Russian speakers or Russians themselves, but you know, uh, every Polish person yeah. will understand, or every even Croatian person will understand the Holodiet's jokes because we have Hladetina, which is kind of the same thing. Mm. It's slightly like the spices are different and stuff, but it's a kind of frozen meat jelly kind of thing and you know so it's still there is still a big part of europe at least or even the world where people would get those references or if you can set it up in a very brief way like uh, russell peters or someone does who does a lot of like cultural humor and Mm -hmm. differences between cultures and languages he always you know i don't know that much about Sri Lankan food but he sets it up in like one sentence mm-hmm. and then he goes into the joke <laughs> yeah, so exactly. I consider that like the same bits of mine like 80% retired but you know if a chance present itself I could bring those back and kind of I think they would work well yeah. but uh, yeah so uh, before we talk about the show itself and how it went on the day yeah. maybe uh, you can give us a bit of the background on the kind of what how did you put this show together? And what is like the oldest? How old is the oldest joke? How old is the newest joke? Mm. How, like, I don't know, uh, how many times did you do like all these jokes before yeah. that day? Like, is there a joke that you've just tried a week before and said, okay, this is going into the best of? Or are they all jokes that you've done like a thousand times? Okay, to the, the setup tour and everything. Mainly, I asked Abed,
1: who's now that I'm leaving is going to be the eldest statesman of the eldest statesman of comedy, of English comedy in Moscow. Because literally I, right now, yeah, we realize this. Actually, we're sitting down. I'm like, wait, I'm the oldest guy here because everyone else either, well, everyone else left. No one else is there now, uh, except for maybe Nikolai, technically, he used to host at Jim and Jack's, but I haven't seen him around at all, really. So, And he's not involved in the scene as such. He just pops in every so often and does a set once in a blue
0: moon. So I think I think he's alive, but he's not doing stand-up anymore. But I think he's yeah, still so working. Yeah, so really,
1: I'm, I was the last, present. like, yeah, regular. And now it's going to be Abed. So anyway, Abed, basically, he asked me a couple of questions at the beginning, like, how do I want it to do it, this and that? And the main thing was... Because uh, when you did your farewell, which room did you do it in?
0: I did Stand Up Brothers.
1: Right, you did the Stand Up Brothers, right, yeah. Okay, so that was an all right venue as well. I had a kind of a similar idea where I didn't want a huge hall. I didn't want, for example, a big room that could seat 100 people because I thought, I don't think I can get 100 people to come to my show. And then you'll end up with a lot of dead air and space. So I ended up going with um, the place Stand Up Cafe, which has a small... It has the main hall... Where the big performers go, and all the a lot of the Russians don't do, and then they have that little room, which is made with like a little tables and a little bar and everything, and it can seat technically thirty eight. It has thirty eight chairs, and they can add a couple of more chairs. So I think maybe we got up to forty two or something like that. Yeah. So I would rather have a smaller, more intimate because what I realize is when we did the champion of comedy, what's it called, competition. The semifinals we did there, no, no, sorry, the ones pre and then the semifinals and the finals we did in the big room and it was harder to get the laugh, even though the material we were saving, it was great stuff, but it died out. The laughter died out sort of thing. While in the smaller rooms, it seemed to bounce and reverberate around the room a lot better. So, you know, it's this idea of, you know, big fish, little pond like medium fish that seems like a big fish because it's in a little pond it was like that I was like yes I want that for the show I would rather have you know uh, a packed room okay not everybody can come but it's packed and the laughs will bounce around and that's what we did so that was the the strategic plan there then when it came to my jokes like I said I was mainly aiming for the rush stuff but I ended up breaking I thought okay this is going to be my kind of farewell so I'm going to Talk about me. I'm going to talk about Australia. So I had the Australian bits that I have. Some Australian bits that I did also for the semis. And some animals. And I chose the best ones that I had for that. That I thought were the most animated, fun stories. And I actually ended up throwing an extra one in there on the night. Spur of the moment. Not planned. I just went, fuck it. I'm including this because I like the setup to it. Because it kind of sets up the other two animal jokes even better. I think it makes them stronger. So I did the slightly weaker one. But it builds up. And then... I had all bits about Russia and I had a bits about like learning the language, well, you know, students speaking in English, then me trying to learn some Russian, and then I go into the few main stories about observations and things that have happened in Russia. I ended up changing the structure a little bit. I ended up actually going first with the English and Russian language. And I had two bits for each one, two strong bits, because I thought they're easy. They're the relatable ones. Everyone can relate straight away with that because the vast majority of the people there uh, have learnt English and the few others that haven't, it's because they teach English. So I'm like, this is gonna get the audience on board. So that was my opening bits. They were the bits that I could build the rapport. We were laughing at each other. And at the end, the last two bits is basically, the last bit is me screwing up the Russian language. So that allows everyone to laugh at me. And I thought that's a good way to start. We start with build rapport, build a camaraderie, laugh at me. Yes, I'm an idiot, you know, I, I did a stupid mistake with Russian, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I like, I suck at this language. And then I went back, backwards in a way back to Australia. Okay, so I'm from Australia. Let me tell you a bit about myself, da, 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 da. And then I talked about Australia, the animals, things like, you know, cause I introduced this to all my students, ask me, why do you, why did you come to Russia? Okay, why? Because Australia is like this. This is this and this. And hence, I wanted to move on to the next stage. So I did the Australian animals. They always get a good laugh because it's interesting, it's fascinating for non Australians and all the rest. They're fun stories. I did, I started with the octopus uh, story because it sets up the whole how dangerous Australia is. Then I go into the most animated, dangerous one I have the snake story with my mother attacking the snake. Uh, I've got the bits called Ninja Mum. So, you know, she she does her thing there. It's fun. It's And I even did that one better because now I've brought this Bruce Lee element. I've, I've super exaggerated it. Uh, so it's, it's very entertaining. Everyone was loving it. Um, you know, engaged like hell. Then I go into the kangaroo story, which is probably the oldest bit, I would say, is that, the kangaroo story. You probably saw that bit when I was performing. Like the towel bit and the... Uh, what was the other bit that you mentioned the the kangaroo
0: story is about like a picnic and a sandwich yes
1: yes yes and that was one of the first that was probably that's a story that's older than my stand-up career I've, i've been telling that at barbecues and things and i used to tell that to to girls if i wanted to you know seem like a funny guy or whatever that was my one of my cheesy little funny stories that you know you tell people like ah, oh, you're a funny fella you know and it used to be a story that people would later on then go have you ever thought about doing stand-up like it was one of those so it's probably i would say that's probably one of my original stand-up bits you know i wouldn't be surprised if that was one of the stories i told at that dinner can't remember which ones it was but i wouldn't be surprised if that was one of them so that's the part where i end with the australian animals i finish with the kangaroo bit that time this time even though I'd done it so many times, because I didn't have the pressure of time, because I had a whole hour and a bit, I ended up kind of really, really easing into it. I really played it out. I, I let my pauses sit. And I think that was it. Like, I, I felt like I was on top of it. And that was when I was telling that story. Like, Ninja Mum was great. That really put me in the mood, in the groove. And then when I got to the kangaroo, that's where I'm like, I found my pace, I found my rhythm and I wasn't rushing and I did my bit and it went really well, really, really well I felt. Then I, you know, I finished that bit off of like, okay, so I finished that level, like you know, I survived Australia, next level, Russia, you know, take it up another notch, move to Russia and then I go with the stereotype. So then from there I, I went into, oh, I think I went into Dylan Dutcher, my Dylan Dutcher bit, the double Ds. So I got that uh, because it's talking about Dylan, stereotypes Dylan, of Russia. Dylan
0: Dacha sounds yeah. sounds like a, like a, like a, some kind of detective. Dylan Dacha, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So I did that bit, and in there there was a little. Okay, so there was a new bit, not new, but an expanded bit that I hadn't done in a while because of the situation that we're in. Uh, one cannot criticize anything, uh, but I threw it in there uh, at the end of the Dacha bit. There is definitely a. It alludes. I don't expressly say it, but it definitely alludes. And I got a really good, like, ooh, laugh from people, where I talk about the um, kind of the corruption and the whole palace and and stuff like that in this situation. Anyway, so that throws in that throws in there from Dylan Dacha. I believe I then went into Russian food after the Dacha. Russian food, classic bit. Russians love it. Everyone kind of relate to it. And then finally my last story, I went into my I went into my story about my prostate. And um, (laughs)
0: yeah. And that one that sounds like a final story to me. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. And the best thing about it is because all the other ones, by then everyone is super comfortable that when I start going on about it, you know, it's a bit Wait, is
0: it the one about the suppository?
1: Yes. So that's exactly, it's all about the, the suppository at the end. But
0: yeah, so this is the final
1: bit that I did because by then talking about something, if I do that, that bit at the beginning, it I, I did that for the final, remember? And then I went first and that bit was just, it was a bit too personal. People are like, yeah, we don't want to hear about this. As the first comedian, it just, it's too in your face. Not literally, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's the actually when you're building, because now you've built that hour, mm. you kind of understand and you've done it once. So you maybe, and I hope you recorded it as well. Yeah. So you maybe have like a better idea. What is a Because, you know, whatever you've done this time doesn't mean you have to do it like that every time. Mm. Because uh, I think I've done my hour as it is now and the show that I took to the Melbourne Festival and I'm taking to Fringe mm-hmm. uh, next month and so on. It's the in in terms of material it's like 70 percent the same show i did uh as my farewell show or the best of show as well when i was leaving yeah but the structure and the order is way 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 different and now it works like a show yeah then it worked like a compilation of jokes yeah so it was just like a bunch of jokes a bunch of bits Mm. that all work in like 10 minute sets yeah Uh, so it was like Six 10 minute sets put together, yeah. It was kind of like that, yeah, yeah. And some somewhere it connected well, somewhere it didn't, yeah. And somewhere I really feel like, oh, if I left that second 10 for the last 10, yeah. it would be a great last 10. But it was a meh second 10, yeah, because it just doesn't fit and they don't know you that well and they don't see why you're talking to me about this now, exactly. And all these kind of things. Yeah. So now, finally, after doing so. I did it then for the first time. And then since then, I've done it in uh, Zagreb, in Istanbul, in Vilnius, in Berlin, twice, in uh, Melbourne, like four times and so on. And now I have it as a show. Yeah. And now as a show, it finally has, you know, a beginning, middle and the end. Exactly. Before that, it was a compilation of jokes. And I think when you do that first show, which is, I think for most comics, their first full show is just the greatest hits uh, or compilation of sets like club sets Uh, because if i look at for example mark normand whose first special was that uh, self-release special on netflix he did during the pandemic Mm -hmm. i think it's basically compilation of his club sets all of those jokes have been done previously on i don't know the late late show the this mm. and that like the Conan whatever yeah. and I've seen all those bits before it's just that now they have been put together into one show yeah. and it's a great show but it doesn't seem like a show it seems like the, yeah the the best of the greatest hits as it's
1: yeah exactly and the thing is technically now the thing I forgot to mention earlier was this isn't my first big show it is the first hour long or hour and a bit but I did do the Siberian show in 2019 which was 45 minutes and that was my first time doing like a a big set, 45 minutes of just me. And I had two openers and it was me coming on and I had 45 minutes and I did my bit. And there was a lot of the Australian animals and it was more geared towards that. And I believe Russian food was in there as well. So that was like the the first time I tried this. And like you said, the first time there was a general structure, but it was much more logically linear in the sense of you know i start from australia get to here now i'm in russia this is what i'm noticing here i played with it differently because i didn't go with necessarily the logical order i went with the artistic order hence the or the the more psychological where it's like okay let's build rapport let's do language stuff stuff that we can all relate to now what I want to do is I want you I want to introduce my background okay fair enough we're doing that now here I start kind of going into why I moved to right so I'm giving it a bit more themes and meanings flow so I made sure I made it flow like what I find is, you can do these greatest hits but what ends up becoming more important is not the jokes but it's the links how do you link it together how do you make it flow and how do you make it that by the end you feel like you've gone on a journey that you've gone on a on an obvious trip from point a to point b with twists and turns in the middle but it, it flows you you are going in a general direction and you can feel it to the point where you finally reach the waterfall let's say where you just over and you crescendo this big thing and it smashes at the bottom and there's a huge cloud of water and waves and I don't know if this metaphor is working because it sounds like I'm also like collapsing and failing dismally <laughs> and then we crash and then we die and then it all goes to shit so we're hanging on by a thread with broken limbs at the bottom or eyeing on rocks oh it's horrible no um I do mean it's a beautiful waterfall where it cascades down and it just looks like bang you're like wow so that's what I was trying to build at and hence I was really building. And then I even had callbacks. And the one thing I regret is I kind of left things a bit last minute. So I included one or two little bits that, so there's a one bit about the language where it's it's called make the sex. And you might've remembered it from the St. Petersburg festival that we did where, you know, the guy says, uh, last weekend, I make the sex. And it's like, wait, what? You You make the sex? Like, not just any sex, the sex. And you make it. Like, please explain to me how do you do this? And I have all this sort of stuff. And then later on, uh when i introduced the the rush bit i can't remember exactly how i did it but i linked it back and i had one of the people say ah oh, yes we make the sex and when i did that boom got a laugh because i'd done the same thing like 15 or 20 minutes earlier i'd referenced it so i was doing a callback and i had people later on tell me like ah oh, that callback that was cool it linked it made it all link like as in, it, I've made it flow. And that was the point. When I did the ending, it had to keep reach this crescendo where when I finally got to the bit about my prostate, everyone's comfortable, everyone's been laughing, and now they're willing to really laugh at me, to like not care how personal I get, and, and just like laughing about it. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's the kind of, you know, the important thing is to learn how to, build that different material because it's not it wasn't written as a show it was written as jokes then turned into bits then Mm. turned into sets and then those sets put together like and it's they kind of you know put together in a way of kind of uh, a frankenstein monster just you know various sets that don't Mm. necessarily wanted to be together in the same show in the sense that, you know, and I I felt it the same because like I have, I don't know, 10 minutes that's very lighthearted and fun, like, ha, 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 dating as a foreigner, the next 10 minutes, dark <laughs> yeah. you know like dark or or, or or like heavy or like you know makes you think and stuff and i'm like mm, that doesn't work if that follows that yeah you know it's big it's too big of a jump for people to comprehend mm. that okay we should still laugh at this yeah so you know yeah it's kind of how you build and how you especially when you're doing it with pre-existing sets because if you're writing a show okay i'll just write 15 new minutes then you can have like a light motif that goes through that show, yeah. and you will then build it as you want to build it. But if you're just patching things together from like various sets and yeah. everything, then yeah, uh, and uh, yeah,
1: and, and the other but- thing also though, I have to say the one not advantage that I have, but one thing that I, I am aware that I have I've realized recently that I tend to do this. I always like to have themes when I do stand-up bits, like I noticed a lot of comedians will get up and they'll just hodgepodge together, even for like their five minutes or for their 10 minutes. They'll hodgepodge little bits and they'll jump from one thing to another. I tend to stick to a theme. So it's like, okay, tonight I'm going to do my bits about technology. And it's all about technology. So all of a sudden I have a whole bunch of... Uh, Today it's about me being old. I'm going to do all that, you know, feeling old and blah, blah, blah. Okay, this bit is all about me, uh, about sex. So this is all the sex stuff that I have. And I, I tend, when I perform to... I generally, I, I realize, and even from the very first show, that first 30 minutes, I've always tried to have an, a, a theme, like a through line that goes through my bits. So when I'm setting it up, I find then all I need to do is connect these through lines. And I do find it makes it a little bit easier because then it's actually a bit like, okay, strain animals, fine. I've got five different bits. Okay, I'm only going to do two. What are my two best? I can actually start dropping things.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the good, well, the good thing thing about making a set building a set like that is because then you kind of stick to the topic and people's mind doesn't have to like jump Mm. from this to that and uh, you can also understand kind of you yourself can remember jokes easier because they all follow the same theme and everything i think uh, in terms of like building a show like that then it's maybe a little bit trickier because you have those it's visibly blocks you know like okay it's 12 minutes of Sciencey stuff then 10 minutes of relationships then 12 minutes on food like it's very blocky yeah that's true that's what i'm Uh, saying the
1: links end up becoming the more important part because it's like if you can't link them well enough if you can't build a good link with you know maybe a couple of quips and jokes in between like to link it if you can't do that that's when you that's when you notice the total block it's like yeah that no no it's not working buddy (laughs) it's like wait that's that's a jump
0: yeah and then uh Before we get on to the show itself and your your impressions and how did you feel doing Mm. it, uh, etc. So how long did you end up doing, by the way? Uh, Honestly, I think I did about an hour, hour 15
1: maybe, something like that. At least an hour, for sure. We ended up starting a little bit smidge late um, and I had to finish like a couple of minutes before the nine o'clock our bed opened but he actually did very short i think he did about five minutes worth of material if that um he he kind of jumped straight to here's your guy dave sort of thing so i think about a little bit over an hour
0: uh and how more how much more material do you think you could like put together now so not using that hour like how volume two jokes that are yeah, well, not necessarily molding too, but like out of the remaining material that you can that you can you can put together as a set or not necessarily a show as a set. Mm. Like, how much more do you have? Twenty oh, minutes? Oh man, I, another I, I had minutes. backup
1: just in case, like I, in case because I know me, and I know like remember that final where I had twenty minutes worth of material. I got through it in eight because I just yep. I just machine gunned the fucker. Well, I was worried yep. I was going to do the exact same thing again. And then even if I caught myself, I would have like truncated my show by like 10 minutes or 20 minutes. And I'd be like, oh crap. Like I'd get to the end of my prostate bit, be like, thank you very much, everybody. Walk off stage and Arbed would be there going, dude, you got 20 more minutes. Get back up, finish, encore, encore. You know, um, sort of thing. So I had my Richard story and my Koala story as two backups, I had two backups. Richard and Koala, so there are two bits that I didn't include. Um, when it came to English language, there were a couple of bits I didn't do. Gary Potter, so Gary Potter is another bit that I did not include. Uh, I didn't do the flying fox Dracula bit. I didn't do um, what are the other animal bits? Oh, I already mentioned Koala. Yeah, so I didn't do those ones. I you didn't do? I presume you didn't do your your sex material. Oh, sexual fantasies! I don't know if that, I would include yeah, yeah. that as my greatest hits, although it is one of my first hits. It was probably the first hit that I really kind of did a good show with, properly. Yeah, if I punched it up, if I redid that a little bit, then yet sexual fantasy another. I could probably do another hour, actually. Now that I think about it, I could probably pull out another hour, and there's newer bits. That I wouldn't call them greatest hits yet, but they definitely got some good potential in there too. Cause I got this technology bit, there's a couple of bits in that that I could definitely bring out. Uh, there is
0: a, oh, there's a couple of other bits. So, yeah, I could probably do another hour. Yeah. This is something that, I mean, we haven't shared a stage in over a year. Mm-hmm. I think the last show we did together was maybe that final, the finals of that competition, yep. which was something like, february last year wow. january last year maybe even yeah. so yeah over a year and a half that we haven't done a show together or seen each other perform i presume yeah. besides some clips here and there uh and that's actually because all of these things that you have mentioned that you did this time in your greatest hits like it's the joe and we did chat before that and you shared your set list and everything and even if i don't know it by name i'm sure i know it by the story yeah. or by the theme or something so i think i'm quite familiar with all of those and i'm quite familiar with this second hour that you also now <laughs> mention yeah. all of those jokes because it is really the greatest history the jokes you've done the most yeah. and the, that kind of almost always work and everything but i'm actually very curious to see your new like what what you've done in the what you've written and and, you know practiced in the last year and or so because it's always because i think my what i've added to my show in the last Mm. year since i've done it for the first time as a show is now my favorite part of that show yeah and it's the jokes maybe because i'm not tired of telling these jokes yet maybe because they still have room to breathe and to evolve and and everything you know because all the other jokes are like finished and they are they are as they are but these jokes still get some new tags and new pauses and new like yeah. punchlines or whatever every time i do them but this is now like this new like let's say 15 minutes of my hour yeah. show is now my favorite 15 minutes of my hour mm-hmm. show so that's why you know i i'm very keen to see and that's why i'm happy to for example last month uh, i traveled to berlin to perform with oleg our, our good friend we had on this podcast as well and uh, my co organizer, co-producer in Moscow when we ran the club and everything. It's also like I see him perform twice a year now and I get to see when, you know, I go there and I see him perform, I get to see all the new bits he's written yep. since the last time, since in the last, say, six months, eight months or whatever, since the last time I saw him. And that's the, you know... Is he finally he good, good or what? It, <laughs> uh, no, no, but he's trying. He's trying really hard. But so when, you know, but when we were, we were all in, in one... City in one club, we were mostly doing shows in the same yeah. club on the same stage with the same microphone in front of the same audience. Yeah. So that means that I would see each joke you would write mm. from the first time you do it up until it becomes a greatest. Yeah. You know, all 50 times or 100 times you yeah. do it, I see out of 100, I see it 98 times you do yeah. it. And I would see how those jokes become good jokes. Yeah. But now I get to see the finished product yeah. without seeing the manufacturing process. And this is something that's interesting to me because, you know, we're good friends. I mm. know how you guys write. I know how you guys come up with jokes and stuff. And then to not see the process, but see the result is also very interesting to me because that way it can still surprise yeah. me. If I see the process then I kind of know how, you know, I know what it yeah. is. So that's why I'm also curious to see some of your newer bits and hopefully in uh The next six months or a year, we get to perform together again and see each other's new bits. But uh, yeah, let's get to the show itself then. So it was three days ago, yeah. uh, At the time of recording, Mm -hmm. three days ago. Uh, What were what are your impressions? How satisfied are you with it? Everything, everything. Share like your thoughts. Share your feedback.
1: Yeah. Okay. So. Well, you're probably very familiar with the whole Moscow thing where no one buys a ticket until the freaking day of the show. So you're sitting there. There's eight tickets sold out of a 38-seater you know, uh, seat venue. And you're just thinking, oh, shit. It's just going to be me and a couple of friends. And that's it.
0: Then, I mean, I, I, my, my, my show sold out. But I, I see what <laughs> <you're talking laughs> about. Oh, mine did too. And by the end, I had people calling up going, oh, Dave, oh.
1: Is there any space? I can't. There's no chairs. Uh, they are all. They won't let me click on chairs. What does that mean? Does that mean I can't buy a ticket? Well, yeah, pretty much. You left it too late, you nut. So it was like, oh, for the love of God. So I had to, like, wrangle a couple of extra chairs. And when I mean I had to wrangle, I mean I had to I'd ask Abed. And then Abed talked to the venue and blah, blah, blah. And it was like, right, right. Yeah, it's under your name. You'll be sitting with so-and-so just when you show up, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, right. So there, for starters, was that. Um, The fact that advertising actually for it was done very last minute, actually, because all these venues and places and and organizations, they have their own, their own shows beforehand. And rather than promote all of them at the same time, they kind of repromote one. And then when it's done, it's the next one. And then, then that's done. And it's the next one. So this place, they didn't, well, they had something Thursday night. So they didn't actually, I didn't see them advertise it until the actual, I think, after that show on late Thursday night and then on Friday. Uh, so it's like, oh, for Christ's sakes, last minute. Luckily, the best promos I would have to say, were the actual comedians. Everybody in the crowd, uh, Tory, Mathieu, uh, Abed, uh, uh, Adrian, everyone, they promoted it on their personal Instagrams and Facebook and stuff like that. So a big, if any of you guys are listening, seriously, a big kiss and a big thank you, you know. And, and the Spanish group as well, Sergei, Andres, all of them, Sergio, and Natasha, um, they were promoting it. Like, you know, hey, he's going to be doing it in English. It's not Spanish, but fine, you know, please go see him and support him. So it was fantastic, that. So that, that felt, you felt the love at the end on that one. On the Friday, it was like,
0: yes. So it was beautiful that's the that's why i've i've actually what i've well i can't like not do it every time but when i can I try not to even ask about the like sold tickets or attendance before the show starts because and especially when I was kind of in control of you know like booking and promotion and all of that and you kind of look at those numbers and yeah like the day before the show you sold five tickets out of 60 and you're like oh my god it's going to be a failure blah blah blah. then the show starts and all 60 seats are filled you just stressed and worried over nothing and you could have like done something productive or at least rest and prepare for the show so yeah Yeah, it's always, you know, it's good to keep an eye. Maybe you can do some uh, course correction or or any kind of, you know, something to boost that sale. Uh, But on the other hand, you know, more or less it kind of works out fine uh, almost always. And it's just like checking those each sale and each ticket. It's just... Yeah, I
1: tried not to look uh, as much as I could until like closer to the actual day sort of thing. And, And mainly it was Elena who was checking in and it was then like, oh, oh, half of it's filled. I'm like, oh, okay, good, Whew, sort of thing. So anyway, so that happened. Then the show starts. I've got my pieces of paper, which I took to the stage with me. I had four pieces of paper. Um, the bit one, the beginning, the first two were a bit more detailed. And then after that, the next two were actually kind of more jot point sort of stuff. I had things boxed off. So I could glance at it and see quickly where I should be, make sure I wasn't skipping anything or wasn't forgetting particular detail. And I made sure the pages, if they finished on a, on a pause break so it allowed them to like have a bit of a laugh have a bit of a thing and then i could throw away the piece of paper
0: nice of you to write write in the applause breaks in your <laughs> set that's very considerate yes, yes. very confident as well <laughs> yeah ah yeah. oh, the fool and uh, so i ended up
1: uh so i did that and i started and i was i was nervous at the beginning because the parts the parts that i would say that i'm the weakest at and i'm, I'm aware of it is the opening and the ending uh, i sometimes like I don't have a strong enough opening or I don't have a strong enough ending. I don't know how to finish it off without it sounding rambly. So it's like, okay, just cut it. But the beginning, you know, the beginning is very important. It's where you set it up. So I had this kind of throwaway joke, a very basic one that I just came up with before a little bit earlier in the day where it was basically like, okay, there are some details that I need to explain at the beginning because I know me, I know when I finish, I'm just going to, you know, say, thank you very much, walk off the stage and I won't. I'll forget to mention the important details that I need to mention. So I want to mention right now. And then I, I, and my little throwaway joke was like, you know, that's how I do. Like when I finish something, I say, thank you. And I just walk off. Just ask any woman who I've had sex with. It was a very obvious basic joke, but it got a little (laughs) sort of thing. I'm like, yes, you know, I've had a lot of one night stands, but at least all of them said, oh, isn't he polite? He said, thank you before he walked out the door you know and everyone kind of went okay so he's making a bit of fun of himself and blah 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 that was my opener it was a nice little quick chuckle bang uh and then i mentioned the important details i had to mention and then i got into the set i i wasn't sure if it went smoothly but according to everyone everyone said it was really super fine i didn't seem nervous at all at the beginning And I was just going through it. And probably because, yeah, it's the greatest hits. I've done these bits a lot. For me, it's more about those links, like I said before. That's what I'm more concerned about, that I'm connecting the pieces well, that everything is well structured. I don't know about you, but when I'm performing, I find it difficult to gauge how it's going at times. Like, I'm getting chuckles, I'm getting laughs, I'm getting this, but you're wondering, like, is it as good as it seems, especially with... The audiences sometimes we get that are very kind of you know more reticent sort of style. So sometimes when you're performing, I'm so focused on doing the bits or doing the act out well enough that sometimes I'm not aware what the audience is doing, um sort of thing.
0: No, I don't. I don't have this problem because I'm I'm funny, so I don't. Right. Anything. Right. Uh, no, but the thing is, like, that. actually, I know what I know what you mean. I sometimes get lost yeah. in that, especially uh, you know when when I don't notice not the reaction i notice always like if they're silent or they're laughing but kind of the overall like how good yes or was it it's the degree mediocre or was it great yeah so what i i sometimes lose the kind of uh understanding of that if i am and that happened i think when i was doing my farewell show because i was in my head i was two jokes ahead like i was trying to not to forget the joke and thinking what's coming Mm -hmm. next so my mouth is telling a joke my brain is telling my mouth to tell that mm. joke. And then the other part of my brain is in the same time, simultaneously thinking of the next yeah. joke that's coming Yeah, and down. for me, it's like the and, links. And that's, it's like, okay,
1: how are you linking this? How are you linking it to the next? Don't forget this. If you forget this, it won't link. It won't go smooth.
0: That's why I think like with all of that happening, I kind of my, you know, receptors and my kind of understanding of the, yeah. the room is, is Muted. very blurry. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. So that's why because I think all of my senses are mm. trying really hard you know to remember everything, yeah. not to like you know to to pause, not to yeah. rush, to dictate like to pronounce things yeah. properly, all of those things yeah. you know uh, so yeah, only in those cases, but that's really when I'm kind of uh, when I'm doing an absolutely new, longer mm-hmm. set or a show that i haven't done in that way before so i'm kind of my brain is two steps ahead yeah. of the material i'm currently exactly. doing if i'm doing something i'm really familiar and now that i'm doing this show that i know it kind of i don't have to look at the notes anymore i don't have to look at the points of the uh the kind of set list and everything now i can focus on actually feeling the yeah. audience you yeah. know like feeling the vibe of the room exactly. the atmosphere, looking at people's faces each individual person, how they're sitting, are mm-hmm. they laughing, listen to that volume of, but this is also very, you know, there were rooms. I did rooms where, you know, I, I had a feeling that, you know, they were just chuckling here yeah. and there. And then people told me, and I saw later on the video, because the phone was kind of in between people, yeah. that people were dying of mm-hmm. laughter, but I, it, the, the sound just wasn't reaching. Yeah, yeah like the sound wasn't reaching me and they would laugh a lot. But to me, I could w- I only hear like, ha, ha, ha. yeah, ha, ha. like very kind muted. of you know, low Everything volume. Everything gets muted.
1: muted. It's weird yeah. when you're on stage. It's like, there's like always like a wall of like air or something that condenses it and you get this muffled version.
0: But I think that's because, yeah, for example, the, the farewell show that I did, I did in, in Brothers and there is that big stage. Yeah. You're on the big stage. The stage is the whole kind width. of uh, width yeah. of the room. And, and, then, and then the audience, the first audience member is kind of below mm. you and already like a meter and something away from you. I think in a cafe, that small room, you're kind of on a stage, but the stage is like 10 yeah, centimeters yeah. tall. And you're kind of in between all of those people. And this is the kind of rooms I like because it's way easier to, to feel yeah. those people because they're right yeah. next to you. You know, and back in the day, if you remember, we did rooms like uh, Ruin Bar, yeah. for example, where there was even no stage and you would just stand in between yeah. people and that's where i felt the people the yeah. most you know because you would feel whatever they're you feeling could touch they're them, not comfortable like jesus you feel the cringe <laughs> yeah you, you you can touch them but don't touch audience members without immediate approval <laughs> But yeah, so, you know, it's, I get get what you're saying. And it's really hard to say during the show, maybe. Well, in the beginning. Or maybe sometimes you kind of realize after the show. exactly. Like it then just comes to you like, oh, this was a great show. But in the beginning, yeah, especially. Yeah, Yeah, and
1: that's what I mean. It took me a while. And I think it was like, I did the octopus bit and I was like, okay. And that bit, I'm not, it's not probably the best, it's not the punchiest bit, but it sets up the, the moral the whole moral of the story of the Australian animals, it kind of sets it up and it carries through to the next bit. So it's sort of like something I need. It's like a bookend. So I I built it up, had a little joke in there. There was a, there's a little inappropriate joke in there that I was a little bit like nervous about it. Maybe people were kind of going, Ew. but I did it anyway. Got a kind of weird chuckles so that people were like, oh, oh my God, I can't believe you said that. I'm like, okay, that's a good one. I did it when I did the Ninja mum. That's when it started feeling like, all right, all right. And I got some good, good reactions at it. And there were new bits that I put in there that I kind of was like, yeah, I knew it. I knew it. it well, they're not, well, they knew Wish. i have only done them once or twice. Because what I did is before I did the major show, the last, I went to every single open mic for the two weeks before. So all together, and plus I also did like a special show. I was like a guest um, person, a guest honor person in the middle, uh, unannounced. So I think I did about five or six like shows beforehand and they gave me, everyone gave me a bit of leeway. So I was able to do like seven minutes, seven to 10 minutes each time. And in there, I did a bit that I was going to do in the show. And one that I did a couple of times was the Ninja Mum bit and with these newer bits in there. And they are oh, just beautiful, just fit perfectly and made it much more fun. And because it made it more fun for the audience, it makes it more fun for me. And I think that's what elevated it. And then when I did that, afterwards, when I started doing the kangaroo bit, I was much more relaxed. And even though I've done that bit a thousand and one times, I did it in a much more relaxed state. I spread out the bits. I explained. I got rid of the the fat, but it was still entertaining. It was nice and loose. And I think there is when I started hearing the people feeling it a bit more. So I think once I'd done with
0: Australia. Yeah, I think that's... That's, that's, that's a good, the good thing is, and why I now put this like favorite 15 minutes of my, of my show, I put it near yeah. the beginning. It's not my opening, like I do like five, seven minutes of other stuff and then yep. that goes because I'm still kind of happy enough to tell those jokes and I'm still, I see, it's still funny for me, yeah. entertaining for me. And that shows them that like, oh, this man loves. Yeah, it energizes jokes you. He loves his job so then like i tell these jokes i feel good about telling these jokes then i feel better about telling my eight-year-old jokes as well because i'm already like riding high and i got the laughs exactly and And that's a good way to kind of but i I guess it's really hard to start a solo show anyways because if you're not a household Mm. name like if you're not a comedian that people have followed or know or or paid to see because uh, last fringe, when I went to see shows, like I went to see two different types of shows. I went to see, I think, five paid shows, like big mm-hmm. shows. People like Randy Feldface, or people like uh, David O'Doherty, people like uh, people like Phil Wang, mm-hmm. uh, and so on. So people who are like well-known people in the industry, yeah. and then I went to see other like free fringe or other like small kind of acts. You know, just the circuit yeah. comedians that are doing their own like light, music, everything, and then they come up and they do their hour. And the guys, the big guys, you have a big theater, you have a room full of people that know this person, they know they're funny, they paid 20 pounds or whatever to see them, they got their seat, they dressed up and from the first joke people are dying of laughter. It doesn't matter if the first joke is like the weakest shit I've ever heard, it's funny because people are like, ah, this is gonna be funny. Oh, he told a joke, haha, it is funny. But these kind of like solo shows where it's just you know, an unknown comedian doing like a two p.m. fifty minute yeah. show, setting up the room and getting people in and explaining the bucket system or whatever. First, like fifteen twenty minutes, always mm. hard because the first 15, 20 minutes is the kind of let's build yeah. some rapport yeah. or whatever. Like you know, let's 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 build some foundation. So on, on top of that foundation, we can build laughter exactly, and camaraderie and, you know, and all the jokes. Rest. Yeah, so because when you come to see a well known, like I know Phil Wang is funny. I know why he's doing a social. I know why he's doing a like 2,000 people theater and not a 20 people room. That's why I'll laugh from the get go because, yeah, you know, I, I already, we already have yeah. that like, uh, you know, trust built up. But when I come to see a random person, it doesn't mean like random, I'm pretty sure 90% of the people who are on your show know mm. you. And have seen you perform before, so you were not like an unknown act to them, but it's just like you know, you still have to build up that yeah. momentum of the show, yeah. As well.
1: And yeah, and that was uh, yeah, that, that's the other thing as well. Like, like you said, a lot of the people had seen me before. There was actually, I was surprised, there were actually a few people who had never seen me perform. I'm like, how the hell? There was one whole table at the back, and there were a couple of extra uh, people as well who had never seen Oh, there were friends who people who had seen me they'd brought a friend and were like this is your last chance to see him you've never seen him before trust me it's going to be good boom and they dragged them. so i did actually have like a oh, a handful or so of people who had never seen before and the other ones what i realized was a lot of people who had seen before they hadn't seen me in a while and so like there were bits that like as you know uh my wife's friend anna she basically you know she came to the show and anna was like, oh, that's a new bit. Oh, that's a new bit. And for her, almost half of the show was new. And Elena was like, really? No, he's been doing that bit for ages. And it's like, well, I've never seen that bit before. So either that or either they'd forgotten it or they had, yeah, they'd hadn't. they seen certain bits, but not all of them. Because after eight years, they can't come to all of your shows. And there are bits that just happen just by happenstance. They've just never seen you perform. And they were in that part of the show. So what I found was I don't think there was anyone except for maybe my wife, there was no one at all who could sit there and go... Well, and the comedians. there was Even then, I think there were a few of them who were like, oh yeah, there, there's some old bits in there I've never heard. But like, yeah, there's only like less than a handful of people, maybe one or two, who were like, I know all those bits. My wife is probably the only one who could say, I know all those bits. And even then, I tweaked them. So she was like, and you added new little bits here. That bit you did a little bit differently. It's better, this and that. So she she could identify, but yeah. So for me, that was... It, um. and it was it was good by the end of it I, I said thank you very much I had everybody I had even those random people who had just come to the show were just like oh my god that was amazing like really that was great Um. I had almost everybody give me responses and I think the best thing I found out was Abed told me after the show at the after party he said his girlfriend had laugh cried three times throughout the bit he's like and like she was recovering from one laugh cry and then you got into another one and he was, uh, he said, um, even my wife Elena uh, admitted that there was one point where she had doubled over laughing and she was like, I was surprised because I know all your bits. So I did, I thought I was going to be just sitting there, you know, legs crossed, smiling, going, mm, he's done that well, like more with pride rather than with any sense of actual laughter. But she goes, but seeing it in a context and that's the other thing, doing a bit show and I really recommend, it, I told Arbet, I'm like, you've got to start planning out a big show. Because it's a different it's a different fish. It's a different it's a different feel. It's like you were saying before, it's about combine even if it is made up of bits, it's the whole you've gotta structure those bits. It's not just you don't just hodgepodge together. You if you do it well, you've gotta structure it. There is it is a different feeling and the ability to build and build and to get that ball rolling and doing proper callbacks, not a callback to something you did two seconds ago. It's a proper callback where you reference something from way back in the show that people go, oh my God, yes! And you get a secondary laugh because you get yeah. that recognition laugh plus the actual joke laugh. It's it's different.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is something that uh, Seinfeld talks about a lot because he says that he always does when he does a show. Mm-hmm. He does like 70% or 60% new material, but like 30, 40% old yeah. jokes, old jokes that everyone knows but it is like going to a concert and hearing your band play that favorite mm. song of yours that you've known for like 20 years. You know, people still, or even if they, they've they heard these jokes before and it was funny then, they'll still laugh again because it, they're like, ah, I know this joke, yeah. it's a funny one. And they they laugh maybe even more than the first time because now they're familiar with it and they can actually kind of enjoy yeah. it. And, and, you know, and especially if it's like fine-tuned and, and uh, evolved and, and, you know, being upgraded since then. Then they can laugh at the same thing again, but more because it's yeah. a new thing yeah. now. So yeah, now that you've done the show, now that the impressions have settled a bit, and a few mm-hmm. days passed, and uh, hopefully you have a recording of that. Maybe you had a chance to rewatch it already, or you definitely not yet. Will. not yet, but so I have got a recording. It's some in process kind of, being made. Okay, perfect. So so, what is some kind of summary conclusion? How would you, you know, what is your final thought? Well,
1: my final thoughts. Well, it depends. For myself. It was fun. I really enjoyed doing it. I would like to do it more often. Maybe, I think after doing it now, I think I'm a bit more, I feel a bit more ready to maybe try to do something like Edinburgh Fringe. Like an actual, with my own special. Like really kind of like, no, I want to structure it. I want to have the, what is it, 50 minutes that you usually get. 50 or so. So I want to do my own 50 minutes. Yeah, fifty fifty five 55 minutes. And really feel it because it is a new kettle of fish. And what I would recommend for comedians, uh, any comedians listening, is if you haven't already done an actual special, if you've been doing it for, I would say, maybe six plus years, like make sure you have enough material, give it a shot. Like really start thinking about it. um, Thinking about doing, collecting your bits together and getting that through line. I think what really did help me was even though they're still blocks, but they're big blocks with a, a common thread that you can do and working on the links because that's a it's like writing a story you know getting the whole beginning middle and conclusion sort of thing like that so i would really go with that and for everyone else who's just listening for the sake of listening um yeah uh hopefully you can check me out on uh my youtube channel mr aramis bungle mr ARAMISBUNGLE and I hope that within the next month or two I will post up the actual whole thing name it David Muñoz greatest hits volume 1 and it you know it'll be up there so that
0: everyone can watch it and enjoy it I hope yeah we will we will also promote it probably through all of our social media as well so for the fans or followers of this podcast uh, to also have some access to your uh, show actually and they can see you in action because we've been talking about comedy for i think around two years now we've been doing this podcast but it would be a great opportunity for the listeners to actually see one of us at least and i hope to put up uh, my show or at least a part of that show after fringe yeah. as well so they would be able to see us in seen us see us in action yeah. as well but uh, yeah if you are uh, listening to this and if you like our podcast but you haven't already liked and followed us on different social media you can find us on facebook on twitter on youtube on yes yes we're on threads Threads now oh my god we've upgraded we're 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 we're
1: we're we're the avant-garde we're we're the people at the front yeah that's right we're breaking barriers baby
0: we're the pioneers so yeah follow us uh and leave a like share us with a friend and uh, keep listening to the carbon ears uh good night ciao thank you and goodbye